0: Welcome back to the Brooke Club. I'm Brooke. This week I read a book that I loved, The Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley. I'm going to structure this episode in a slightly different way. I'm going to start by giving a spoiler-free synopsis of the book. Then I'll get a little deeper into the book and that's when I will share my personal opinions on the plot characters and themes. And then at the end of the episode I'll dive into some discussion questions. First for the overview. Our protagonist, Jess, travels from London to Paris, desperate for a fresh start. She arranged with her half-brother, Ben, to stay in his apartment temporarily. When she arrives, the apartment is much nicer than she had expected. And more importantly, when she arrives, she discovers that Ben is missing. Jess's worry grows as she finds he hasn't taken his wallet, keys, or Vespa. So it seems like he's disappeared under suspicious circumstances and not that he's left of his own accord. Five other people live in the apartment building or on the property, in the case of the concierge. We have the girl on the verge, the alcoholic, the nice guy, the socialite, and the concierge. Jess asks the other residents of the apartment building if they have knowledge of Ben's whereabouts and when they've seen him last, but his neighbors are not forthcoming with information. Okay, I've divided my thoughts on the book into three categories, plot, characters, and themes. I'm gonna talk about them in that order starting with the plot. Overall enjoyed the plot. Just before getting halfway through the book there's a really fascinating twist that I did not see coming. I loved this part. It's the part where Jess is in the study of the penthouse and she finds a family photo and she realizes that the residents of the apartment are all one big family which explains why the neighbors who seem to have nothing in common meet in the penthouse for wine and conversation. It's basically family night. This was probably my favorite part of the book. I also liked that Jacques was dead the whole time. I bet there are readers out there who predicted this twist but I did not. I was not suspicious about why he was why Jacques wasn't at the apartment because we know he's gone a lot for work and of course Sophie had Jacques' phone and was texting Nick as if he was still alive. The author ensures that many characters, if not all, have motive for wanting Ben out of the picture. For example, Antone is jealous of Ben. He thinks that Ben and his wife like each other. Sophie could have a motive after she catches Ben snooping in her study. She thinks that he might be blackmailing her. She thinks that he found out about her secret past. Nick and Antone have another motive. The brothers talk about their inheritance being given to Ben. Ben has charmed their father and Jacques seems to prefer Ben to his own son's. It's possible that Mimi could be jealous of Ben because he slept with her mom. As we know, she's obsessed with Ben. Could that be a reason to hurt someone? We then find out that Mimi and Antone were both out late the night Ben disappeared, giving them possible means as well as motive. I thought it was smart that Jess had baggage with the police. It was a good way to ensure that the police weren't involved in the investigation initially, and then when she went to the police with Nick, he was able to speak with someone who would side with his family and not investigate Ben's disappearance. I think the author wanted Jess to solve this mostly on her own, and not having help from the police raised the stakes for ben, for Jess, I think it also increased the tension and the thriller aspect of this book for the reader. Jess has personal experience with sexual assault, and this may be one reason why she felt so impassioned about assisting the victims of Le Petit Mour And by victims, I mean the women that work there. Jess's primary concern in the book is finding Ben, but she becomes interested in helping the exploited women at the club. At Le Petit More, Jacques is facilitating a prostitution ring. Some of the women he employs aren't legal residents, and they have their passports taken from their, from them, so they're essentially forced into prostitution. They don't have many other options. Jess seems to prompt Irina to request money from Theo while they're trying to get information out of her. I like this part. When they ask her a, a question, Jess is like, do you want more money before you answer the question? And then at the end of the book, of course, Jess sends um, Sophie a letter about the article coming out that will expose Jacques and Le Petit More. She tells Sophie to send every dancer at the club some money in exchange for not mentioning Sophie or her kids in the article. Okay, so I've talked about the characters in general terms. I want to get into more detail on um, some of the main characters I'm going to start with the concierge who surprisingly ended up being one of my favorite characters by the end. I loved the ending of the book for her, which I'll get into later. So the concierge has no name throughout the book and I think this is representative of her not being a part of the group that are the other um, apartment residents. She is definitely a less privileged outsider. This being said, she seems to know all the family secrets, In the beginning, it seems like she's sneaking around, she's potentially suspicious, but we find out that she's actually trying to, she tries to slip Jess a note, she tries to warn Jess, Um, she tries to tell Jess, something very dangerous has happened here, you need to get out, this family is not what they seem. Um, We find out that her granddaughter is Mimi, and that's the reason why she's at the apartment to watch over Mimi. So in the end, she is kind-hearted and extremely loyal to her family. Her granddaughter Mimi was an interesting character. Mimi's full name is Malve, which means wonder in French. I believe this describes how Sophie felt about Mimi's arrival. It was an unexpected and wonderful surprise. Remember, Mimi's birth mother worked as a dancer at Jacques' club and died during childbirth. Jacques gave Mimi to Sophie, who so desperately wanted a baby. Sophie says that the most important thing in her life is Mimi. Throughout the book, we read about a roaring in Mimi's ears many times. We see her avoiding being around people. She slams the door in Jess's face to avoid talking to her. She spills wine uh, to leave drinks with her family. All of this behavior makes me think she has major anxiety and I think this is accurate. Her mental health throughout the book is not good. On top of this, I think she feels a lot of guilt. She is the one that killed Jacques. Her anxiety is probably increased because she is worried about Ben, who is in the old old maids quarters, slowly dying. Basically, uh, from the moment Ben arrived, she Mimi watches him from her window and paints pictures of him even she says she has a tendency to get a little fixated um Mimi says she would love to trade places with carefree Camille her roommate I think this is because she's dealing with so much pain guilt and anxiety um what further proves this is the moment when she's in the the cove she sees Ben's Vespa and this triggers her and she intentionally rides her bike into traffic and gets hit by a car she ends up being okay i do think it's a little cliche that the mentally ill girl is the killer but i'm okay with it in this instance because jacques murder was justified she was saving ben's life i'm just glad she didn't kill ben out of jealousy or something like that that would have been unhinged and lame um so her mom Sophie lives in the penthouse with Jacques. She is an elegant, rich Russian woman in her 50s. Despite her wealth and beauty, Sophie feels unseen. She has an arrangement more so than a marriage uh, with her husband Jacques. She married him for his money and he married her for her looks, to put it simply. In one instance, she says that others being put down to boost herself up gives her a nasty sort of pleasure i think it's safe to say that she wants to feel better than others next we have nick who's ben's friend from university nick is the one that invited ben to move into the paris apartment and he was the one that was able to arrange for ben to pay lower rent because his dad jacques owns the apartment um nick was probably the first character i was really suspicious of I was especially suspicious of him when he was checking to see if Jess knew what Ben's investigative piece was on. This was right before he brought her to the police station. Nick has an addiction to oxy and excessive exercise to cope. On the subject of destructive coping mechanisms, we have Antone the Alcoholic. Antone is violent. We see him grabbing his wife, smashing an alcohol bottle, and knocking over the angel statue in the courtyard. Nick and Antone had a complicated relationship with their stepmom, Sophie, and Ant- Antone was the one blackmailing Sophie by threatening to expose her past. Despite their general dislike of Sophie, I thought it was interesting the way both sons looked to her for instruction on what to do after Mimi commits murder. I think this shows how both boys don't have experience making decisions for themselves. They've lived under Jacques' control their entire lives, definitely under his control emotionally, and physically under their dad's roof as well. Antone, specifically to me, seems quite immature. Okay, so our victim, Ben, ben uses charm as a weapon sophie calls him dangerous for this reason he is described as silver-tongued he talks his way out of situations and gets information he wants um, because of his silver tongue nick says you have to ask whether anyone really knows the real benjamin daniels Ben is an enigma and I think he uses this manipulation to get what he wants and he's really good at it. He seems to prioritize his investigative journalism above people. He, for example, needed to get close to Jacques to access information about his wine company, more accurately the prostitution ring. He slept with Sophie for access to her apartment And to get information out of her, he gets close to Mimi for the same reasons, to get info, to get access. And one might be inclined to call Ben selfish. I did initially, but I think if we look at the big picture, he is taking down a prostitution ring. So I think a lot of his selfish behavior can be justified. That brings us to our main character, Jess. Jess. Nick describes her as reckless and unpredictable. I don't think she's the most likable protagonist, but I admire her courage, her determination to accomplish what she sets her mind to, and I'm sure Ben appreciates this attribute as well. Her single-mindedness is what saved Ben's life. Before she died, Jess's mom told her to trust her intuition. Jess doesn't always trust her gut. For example she feels suspicious of Blanchot in the police station but she blames this bad feeling she has on her own bias against the police she again ignores her intuition at the end of the book when she knows it isn't safe to go back to the apartment but does it anyway I think this recklessness um, might be viewed as her making dumb decisions but in the end it probably saved Ben's life Okay, I have one last category I want to talk about. It is the themes of the book. We have many themes come up in the Paris apartment. I came up with a list. We have secrets, blackmail, wealth and status, obsession, anonymity, right to disappear, right to a new life, Oedipus complex, family bonds, loyalty, etc. I'm just going to talk about a few of those. So we're introduced to the theme of the right to a chance at a new life right from the beginning of the book and we have a I want to read a quote from the book actually and this is Irina talking and she's talking about her employment at the club she says it's not what I came to this country for I came for a new life and even though I never cry I feel my own eyes pricking I hear her every woman deserves that the chance of a new life at the end, uh the end of that quote is Jess relating to Irina wanting a new life. And I think this is because Jess came to to um Paris after being assaulted by her pervy boss and she is determined to uh have this fresh start. Sophie is another example of this. Sophie reinvents herself. She was a prostitute and she became a wealthy, classy sh- socialite when she became Jacques' wife. And we know that she will do anything to keep her past self a secret, including paying off a blackmailer. At the end of the book, Nick, Mimi, and Sophie all have a chance at a new life um, away from Jacques and away from the club. We are introduced to the French idea of the right to disappear. Because of this idea, there are many missing persons in france because if an adult goes missing it's possible the police won't investigate due to the belief the belief that some people don't want to be found and that they have this right to disappear this is not the case with ben he did not want to disappear he was beaten he was taken but in some ways it's relevant to jess she wanted to disappear from london that's what she's doing in paris we have the theme of obsession most prominent, prominently come up with Mimi. Um, you know, we read about her watching Ben and sneaking into his apartment. And I want to read what she does when she sneaks into Ben's a- apartment the first time. Because I think it very clearly describes her obsession with him. I opened his closet and buried my face in his shirts, but better were the shirts in his laundry basket. The ones he'd worn, the ones that smelled like his skin and sweat. Better even than that were the short hairs I found around the sink where he'd shaved and hadn't managed to wash them all away. I collected several in a finger. I swallowed them. Kind of gross. But I think that this obsession motivated her to kill Jacques and save Ben's life. We read the French saying, The voice of blood is the strongest. In English, we have the saying, Blood is thicker than water. And I have two examples of the way characters in the story demonstrate this, this idea of family loyalty. We have the concierge. The reason she moved to France is because her daughter moved there. The reason why she stayed and why she's living at the Paris apartment is because Mimi lives there and she is watching over her granddaughter. Another example of this is Nick, Antone and... Sophie covering for Mimi after she kills Jacques. Um, Sophie succinctly articulates this loyalty to family when she tells Antoine the family comes first. The theme of wealth and status come up in this book. We see how people are treated differently based on their financial status. For example, of course, the concierge is treated diff- differently. She's not one of the the elite. We don't even know her name. And in the end, she's disposable to the family. Antone pushes her down the stairs. Another example of the privilege wealth can provide is Nick's relationship with the police that allowed his family to cover things up, including murder and of course the club. Because Nick and Antone were taken care of financially by Jacques, Sophie believes that the boys didn't grow up. They didn't have to go out on their own work hard make mistakes figure life out this is one of the downsides to wealth that is mentioned in the book Nick does seek something money can't buy he calls it a thrill something all his own he tried to find this on his trip through Europe with his university friends and despite what happened in Amsterdam he's very nostalgic for this time for this Europe trip he agrees to reconnect with Ben because he wants to feel like he felt back then Back when they were friends, on the Europe trip, I think that he felt like he could be himself outside of the grip of his father. Another theme in the book, anonymity, specifically the anonymity of club members at Le Petit More. We see a lack of integrity because of this anonymity. People at Le Petit More wore masks and would not participate, sorry, and would participate in things they probably wouldn't if anonymity wasn't an option. Blanchot for example he's a police officer he has a duty to the people is he the one shutting down the illegal club club no he's perpetuating the harm of women by being a VIP member of the club would he be doing that if everyone knew who he was no probably not that would be shameful there are many more themes in The Paris Apartment that could be discussed, but those are the main ones that stood out to me. And I want to get into the discussion questions. So this week I made up my own questions, so I'm going to talk about three of them. My first question is just did you have any predictions about what happened to Ben while reading the story? Typically I don't make predictions But because I I knew I wanted to record an episode on the Paris apartment, I was thinking about what I wanted to say and about um, the end of the book before I got there. I was trying to figure out what was going to happen. So about halfway through, when I discovered the family twist that, you know, they're a family and everyone in the apartment, my prediction was that everyone is guilty. I was predicting that there was a premeditated plan that every family member was involved in and that the family was they were all covering for each other. Kind of murder on the Orient Express vibes. I was predicting that Ben discovered something about their family. And I was right in some respects. Ben did discover something about the family, um, but it wasn't a premeditated plan that everyone was involved in. My second um, prediction was the complete opposite. I was guessing that Ben's disappearance had nothing to do with the family that the attack came from the outside so either Theo, Dominique, or Camille were responsible for Ben's disappearance. Obviously I was wrong about that but I think there had to be these side characters not only to help Jess find Ben but also for the readers to be suspicious of there had to be these red herrings right? I correctly predicted that the police were involved by helping the family. I predicted this because the family is rich, they have a lot of influence, and I was suspicious when Nick spoke in French to the police and just didn't understand what was happening, um, didn't understand what was being said during that conversation. I thought that dominique leaving so soon after ben disappears was a little suspicious i thought that maybe she was going to meet him um maybe they were running off together or maybe they were um they found out something about the family and they're working together obviously i was wrong about that one as well dominique and camille are the are the two that get together in the end i have one last prediction that isn't directly related to ben's disappearance but i predicted that Nick was gay and that he was in love with Ben. We don't find out what Nick's sexual orientation is, but I was correct in predicting that he was in love with Ben. We find that out um, when we get a flashback to Amsterdam. This also explains why Nick's background was a photo of the two of them. Okay, question two. How do you think the characters changed after this experience? So all three siblings had various coping mechanisms. Fortunately Nick and Mimi made it out alive and now they have the chance to improve their lives process this experience hopefully improve their mental health. Unfortunately Antone commits suicide. From the beginning he had quite harmful coping mechanisms and as Sophie says he was never able to grow up. Covering up the murder of your dad committed by your sister would be a very heavy weight to carry. We find out that Mimi is sent to paint and recuperate. This puts the image of a treatment center in my mind. So I'm thinking she's getting the mental health help she needs finally. I have no doubt she will continue to get away with the murder of Jacques. Nick moved out of the apartment and left Paris. I think he will find his own path and process not only this experience, but also his childhood and his relationship with his dad. Maybe he'll come out of the closet. Maybe he'll find a new career path. Sophie redeems herself a bit. She sends money to the dancers at the club. She's, I think she's better off without Jock, physically and emotionally. Her focus will likely remain on her daughter and her daughter's wellness. Ben is continuing to pursue his career. I think he will th- find success in investigative journalism. I think he has an impressive determination and a passion for it maybe to his detriment i don't think he minds putting himself in danger he's reckless in a way that reminds me of jess jess sorry ben apologizes to jess at the end of the book he intends to be there for jess hopefully after jess saved his life he will be a more present half brother to her jess's wanderlust has brought her abroad as well she's having her own europe experience and at the train station she sees the concierge before she leaves the apartment, the concierge steals valuables from the penthouse, including Sophie's whippet Benoit. I think this theft is more than justified after keeping the family secrets for so long and after Antoine pushes her down the stairs. Um, obviously, the concierge is safer away from the family. I think that maybe she feels like since Mimi's gone, she can go too. She feels like she does it. She no longer has to watch over Mimi. Knowing her loyalty to her own family, I'd like to think she will find a way to check up on Mimi. Perhaps she was headed to Mimi on the train. Lastly, I think Camille and Dominique live happily ever after. We don't really know much about them besides the fact that they're smoking hot. So best of luck to them. I'm sure they're doing well. Last question. Question three. Do you have any questions after finishing the book? Is there anything left to be desired? A story is a specified period of time. We don't know what happens to these characters once the book ends. I know that. That being said, I wanted to know how Nick processed his sexuality. The latest we know is that the trauma from his dad is not resolved. Obviously, this could be something he's addressing now that he's away from home. He has the chance to finally grow up and the opportunity to process the trauma that comes with being raised by a criminal and a angry homophobic man. During the book, no one seemed to offer Mimi help with her mental health, despite her apparently being the most important thing in Sophie and the concierge's life i also want to know more about the concierge's relationship with mimi does mimi suspect that the concierge is her grandma do they meet up out up outside of paris will she tell will the concierge tell mimi who she is and who mimi's mom was we don't get a whole lot of detail concerning um Jess and Ben's childhood I want to know more about both of their fathers as well as what led their mom to commit suicide maybe it wasn't completely relevant to this to the story but I would like to know more information about their childhood I think it would provide insight into Jess and Ben's strained relationship as well as insight into why they make the decisions they make This being said, I do trust that Lucy Foley would have included these details if they were vital to the plot. Overall, an enjoyable thriller mystery. I definitely want to read more Lucy Foley. I want to get my hands on the guest list. I know this is one of her most highly regarded books. I just finished reading the book The Midnight Library by Matt Hage. It's original, emotional, and thought-provoking. It got me a little misty-eyed at points, I'll admit it. It's a very beautiful book. Um, if you're interested in hearing an episode on that, The Midnight Library, let me know. And as always, let me know your thoughts on The Paris Apartment by emailing brookclubpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.